0: one fifty seven of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent. I'm here with Jason and we got a buttload of stuff to talk about this week.
1: We sure do. We sure do. You know, I, I, I love guests. I love the big names we have. I love talking to local bands. But I really do kind of look forward to these just talking uh episodes. Yeah. You know?
0: We just talk about new music or talk about Whatever's yeah. on the because when we have these, live or mouse. yeah,
1: that means there's a lot of shit to go over, right? And that's always good in the rock world.
0: Yeah the the year is not even a month old, and we've already kind of been overloaded with new music. There's so
1: much shit going on. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a, a bad problem to have at all.
0: No, but you got to wonder: is every month going to be like this? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, at least with it can't be with bands that we love because. Yeah, yeah. Like half these albums that come have already come out are like huge bands to us, like COC or you know, Machine Heads Coming, Saxon, we've already oh, man. reviewed that. And yeah. You know, some of our favorite bands, Black Library Society, so on.
1: No shit, man.
0: But before we get into all that, as always, thethunderunderground.com. But also go on Patreon. Yes. Backslash Thunder Underground. Just type in Thunder Underground. Become a patron of this podcast. Please. We would appreciate it. A lot of stuff goes into this. All kinds of fees. We're becoming trademarked. All kinds of stuff, you know, we've got to, like, go through to... They cost a lot of money. I, well, you know, you know,
1: my beer and clown porn bill alone is getting...
0: That's true. There. I think
1: you're sick of supporting it. I don't yeah. blame you, but, I, you know, I like what I like.
0: Yeah, that should be one of the levels on... Patreon a reward, like get to hang out with Jason and watch clown porn. That's right. (laughs) You know, and I'm still looking for that black
1: metal porn out there. I know it's out there. Oh, I'm sure it is. Anyways. (laughs) But no. You're in the wrong country, buddy. I I guess so. I need to be in Norway, you know, Um, and then I could, Trump would love that. (laughs) <laughs> Norway, you know. Right. Anyways, fuck it. Um or Travis to <laughs> Davis would like Norwegia. Yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> mean, um, I want to go to Norwegia. But really though the Patreon is, you know, something we've thought about for a while, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's and it, we kind of wrestled with, you know, you know, what can we offer, what do you get, and you know, I think you came up with a a pretty formidable um group of packages, Um and, uh, you know, and it would just be great if you guys checked it out.
0: Yeah, you don't have to, two bucks a month or mm-hmm. as much as you want. Yeah. Anything yeah. helps. We'd appreciate it all. That's right. Well, let's get into some talk then. Okay, okay. We found out maybe a month ago, there was all these rumors about this tour, and it was finally made official just the other day. Slayer... Has announced they're going on their, quote, final tour, which, yeah, you know, we'll, will probably go on into the next year or two. Yeah, but, we'll talk about that in a minute. But they've announced Leg One in North America, and it includes this lineup that was rumored, which is Lame of God, Anthrax, Testament, and Behemoth. I know. I mean, when, when I
1: first, when when, when these kind of, when when these rumors start trickling in... I didn't believe it because I was like, "No, that's,
2: that's too I much." Like, I was like,
1: "Come, yeah, exactly." It's <laughs> right. like that's too much. That's just too much awesomeness. I, I, I can't handle. It. I don't know that I can handle that. <laughs> you know, I was like, I remember seeing the headline going, "No fucking way," because you know, last year they had the last summer they had the Slayer, Lamb of God, Behemoth, and that right there is just like, oh man, I, I almost that's just
0: too much heaviness. It's right like, there. It's like, how do you improve on that? You add two bands that are better than the other three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I shit. said it. Well, see, I, I... <laughs> see, I'm gonna. You know how stacked the lineup is I when know, the first band on the bill is better than the headliner. Who, who be behem- no Testament. Testament. Yeah, I know. Test. Should hey, Behemoth be in? Should Behemoth I've... be in front of Testament? In America, yeah, th- I would think.
1: Th- yeah, I, I mean, mean yeah. I know
0: that they're like highly revered they're big but i don't i don't know that no well you say in front of i think they should be on the i think they should be the first band on that's, the what, I'm yeah, that's okay, what i'm yeah. saying okay i'm sorry I'm anywhere sorry. else in the world it yeah. would probably be the way it is but yeah. i mean maybe that's just i think in america actually they're probably just pretty even yeah but if you put I the two that. bands at the same okay. venue by themselves Actually, Behemoth might draw more nowadays. Yeah, true.
1: As long as, you know, as long as we get equal set times. Well, you know, who cares? I don't... (laughs) What am I talking about? Just the the fact that I'm going to get to be there and see it um, is amazing. And, you know, I've got to say, I think I've said this before, um, on the Behemoth front, I can't really get into it. It's just kind of a little bit too extreme for me, but, you know, I really like, I kind of like their... You know, their vibe in a way. I like Nurgle's whole kind of outlook on stuff. Um, So, and, and I've seen enough live videos where this is definitely a band you got to see live. Yeah. You know, y- you might burn in hell for it afterwards, but you're going to see something pretty, pretty interesting.
0: Right. But I mean, just, just the three bands first three bands yes no yeah yeah Yeah. if you just had that on tour it would be like well fuck let's drive halfway across the country yeah you know no shit because admittedly both of us are massive anthrax fans that's my favorite band on the bill yeah oh yeah but mine too Lamb of god you can't deny this is one of the best live metal bands there is they're they're great and of course you gotta love slayer yeah but to me it's like i'm not joking when i say the opening band is better than slayer and i don't want to you know just trying to say that to piss people off. I'm just saying that's how great fucking Testament is, and I'm yeah. glad that they're on a bill like this as well, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's we're going to see him at the Bomb Factory in Dallas, and that that is fucking crazy right there, the Bomb Factory. What a great venue. Yeah. I mean, wow.
0: This yeah, is, is
1: going to be something, man.
0: Yeah, that place will surely be packed out, and yes. I'm really happy that it's there, and not like I've said before, the Gas Monkey Live, because Gas Monkey Live is a cool venue mm-hmm. until it gets... To capacity, yeah, and then it's just a fucking madhouse and a pain in the ass. It to is, even
1: it is kind of crazy. The
0: the sight lines are not good, yeah. But Bomb Factory is one of those places where even if you're in the back, you can still see the stage, and yeah. No so kidding. pretty pretty excited for this. They're playing there in June. I think the thing starts in is it May, April or yeah, May, yeah, and yeah, goes something like that. Yeah, goes yeah. into July. So it's a pretty long tour, and then they're gonna announce more dates. I'm sure. Because there's a huge chunk of America, I think they're even missing, and then of course Slayer's going to go around the world, and I don't know if this these bands are going with them or not. Yeah, who knows? Here's a question: Since Slayer says this is
1: their final trek and all that kind of stuff, let me just ask you for. I mean, we've talked about it before, but for the sake of discussion on on the show here, two questions are and I don't know are are they going to do one more record?
0: I don't know. I didn't know. They had said at one point they were, but then I saw an interview a few months ago where Tom O'Reilly was kind of backing off that. But Terry King had always said they were, but I don't know. Uh They didn't say anything about it with all this news that came out. Yeah. And secondly,
1: I ask you, is this really the end?
0: I don't know. You know, I we've said that before. I never believe someone when they Uh, say it's the end, but... Slayer could be because any interview you see with Tom Araya, he's just, he kind of seems like he's reaching the end of, mm-hmm. of this, you know, and yeah. obviously they've managed to go on without half the members, you yeah. know, because yeah. obviously one passed away and the other one, they're fucking over, but <laughs> you can't go, Kerry King can't go on without Tom. It's not like fucking, Yeah. it's not, you know, like Alice and Chains replaced someone, Lane Staley, but you can't. Yeah, no, you can't. It's just not fathomable. So I just, I kind of think it's possible. But if this tour ends in 2019, and then in 2022 they're like Slayer's back for another tour, it wouldn't surprise me in the least. You know? Yeah. Well,
1: I, I think two. I I got a few. I don't know. I think maybe maybe they scale it back after this, or you know, you might see a one-off here and there. I get that. Maybe you know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they could I, like
0: it, head, headline the, the not fest meets Ozfest or, yeah, cause it's in California, Swing rock or whatever, or, you know? Yeah. They
1: could go do one, one, one day at download or something. It's just, it's so hard to, it's so hard to believe bands are, cause I mean, you know, cause it's kind of like you said, you know, bands will announce a, a farewell tour and it lasts three years or right. they, they f- do a farewell tour and then they go away and then they always come back. Right. So, uh, you know,
0: I don't know. I kind of like what our buddy Kevin Graham said. I, I saw him post on one of his many Facebook posts about it because he's yeah. a, oh, one yeah. of his two favorite Huge bands. Slayer fan, yeah. He said he thinks that they're deciding that they need to end it because they can't make another record and exclude Gary Holt again. Because <laughs> Kerry King's ego is too big to let him be involved because he's a way better songwriter than Kerry King is. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean everybody knows that the driving force behind the majority of every great Slayer song was it's Jeff, Jeff Hanneman. Yeah, and I mean n- not taken away from Kerry King because Repentless was a good album. Repentless is a great yeah. album. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean it, it only good. had I think it had one or two things that Hanneman was yeah. involved in left over, but the majority of it wasn't him. So yeah. they can obviously write stuff, but it didn't have any involvement from Gary Holt. Yeah, yeah, true, true.
1: Yeah. Um uh, you know a couple more things I want to add on this just Slayer related or well one thing. Anyways, y- y- you know, you talked earlier about, you know, they fucked over one guy. I-, I think I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but go YouTube one of the Dave Lombardo drum clinics. Someone asks him about it and he just decides to just go right into it and breaks down every detail. I mean, he, he throws in dollar amounts and everything.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And
1: it's, it's pretty, he, you know, it's like, it's like, man, he maybe shouldn't have done that. He get sued for that, but who knows? I guess he was just in the mood right? and he broke it down and it's pretty crazy. It's pretty fucking crazy. Um, you know how he got kind of railroaded. So, yeah. And, And then, you know, uh, just this whole tour related, you know, back to behemoth, um, we've talked about, uh you know, Nurgle has the, I wanted to mention Me and That Man, because I think we both kind of dig that. Yeah. So, you know, if you you don't like the the extreme growly heaviness of Behemoth, Nurgle has another project called Me and That Man that's kind of doomy, sad, gloomy, kind of honky-tonk kind of stuff, and it's really cool, so check that out.
0: And that guy, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, is so fascinating. Yes. Just read anything, he'd post on Instagram or yes. Facebook. And then, of course, he's got a book, and you hear him on Jost's podcast. He's just extremely fascinating to listen to.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, just a polarizing figure. So, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this tour. It's going to be crazy. And we didn't even really go into Lamb of God or Anthrax too hard. Right. And I mean, come on, that's just going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. I never get tired of seeing Anthrax live. <clears throat> yeah. Like I said, one of my all time favorite bands. Oh, definitely. Lamb of God's the same way. You just, it doesn't get old because these are, you know, five amazing musicians that just throw it down live. And it's just, you know, I didn't see that tour last year. And you know, Slayer is a great live band, but it's like, how do you follow all that stuff that comes before you, you know? Well, they can do it. And if they can't,
1: they've got balls for putting that lineup together.
0: Well, we know they can, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: Well, speaking of balls that heavy. Philip H and Semo and the Legals are back. Oh man, it's balls out fucking intensely weird, is what it is. <laughs> right, <laughs> choosing mental illness as a virtue. Yes, is the title of the second album from Phil's. I guess you'd call it a solo band because his name's in the title. Mm-hmm. Stephen Taylor is a part of this. Who we've yeah. had on this podcast?
1: Yes, definitely. So go check that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, he talks a lot about this, and of course, Superjoint. He he switched
1: to guitar for this record. That's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, no, he. Yeah, he played guitar in the first one. Oh, he did it though. Yeah, and then oh, he okay. just does bass in. Oh, uh, Okay, gotcha. Sorry, joint, sorry. I, I believe right. Yeah, this like this thing. Like, how do you even talk about this? It's like I mean, okay. you already know what you're gonna get from Phil. <laughs> yeah. with this with the illegals. Yes, but it's like so hard to just to grasp in one listen. It is, and and it's
1: well. I don't even, I'm kind of like you. I I don't, okay. This is extreme as extreme fucking gets. Okay. I mean, you know, Phil, you know, Phil talks about extreme and you know, you don't know because he's got a million different projects. And, but then you do know when you hear the illegals because it is fucking insane. I've never heard him do death metal vocals. He does it this, he does it on this record. Right. I mean, and it's, and it's the it's that really just kind of quick, punchy, raw, you know, just uh, primal, um, you know, grindy kind of stuff that you think is just oh, this song's going to be fucking two minutes long. No, this shit's like seven minutes long. <laughs> I mean, it's in in and, and you know, I read in the in the bio, which I thought made a lot of sense after you know i heard the record and i read this and what they wanted to do was you know they wanted to keep extreme they wanted to keep it you know you know pushing pushing heavy pushing brutal pushing extreme but also to experiment and just go weird and and do whatever they wanted and motherfucker that's what they did on this one right. cuz like i said when do you hear albums like this that the songs are 6 and 7 minutes long you don't, unless, you know, then that's kind of the other caveat I put in here is I'm not really, this isn't my, this isn't my jam. You know, I don't usually go this heavy, I'll admit, and not to say that it's bad. It's just not what I usually do. And so I don't know if their first record was like this. I don't know if you heard that first record or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, was it, was it this just, you know, such a, a such a hard pill to swallow? Yeah, the but first time I, around.
0: I think since the songs were sh- shorter overall in that mm-hmm. one, I think it makes it a little easier because you're in and you're out. And yeah, that's what you expect, like you said, from yeah. this style of music. Yeah. Whereas this, there was a few times I was listening to it where I had to check again. I'm like, "Hold, on, am I still listening to the same song?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And a couple times yeah. I was, and a couple times I wasn't. And, you know, and, which isn't a bad thing because no, it, that's what this is supposed to be, like you just said. Yeah. Like,
1: you know, that's kind of the beauty part of it. They, they wanted to just push these boundaries and just keep going. And, you know, you, you've got to figure, you know, when they're, you know, him and Steven Taylor are writing these songs and, you know, how to, how they figure out how they want to go and where they want this to go and that to go. And, I mean, there's so many moving parts. It's just. It's, it's quite an exercise. And, you know, you really need to pack a fucking lunch to listen to this record. Yeah. You need to prepare yourself. Uh, and, um, and, you know, it's not for the, you know, it's not for the week. Yeah. It's not for the week.
0: Yeah. The, that song, Finger Me, which is funny to say, Finger <laughs> Me jumped out at me is probably my favorite song because it, it had throughout, <sighs> you know, it had parts of it that, mm-hmm. That stuck with you, yeah. Whereas you know, songs don't have to stick with you. Not everything has to have a catchy chorus, yeah. Especially in you know hardcore extreme music, it's not gonna. But that one kind of did. And then the title track,
1: yeah, little fucking heroes. Oh yeah. I I, uh, uh, but yeah, the title. Sorry, I'm getting off base. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just gonna say that title track had those. That was the first one that had those extremely heavy mm-hmm. death style vocals, and then you hear. Phil doing his thing where he talks a little bit and then it goes back into screaming and he, that, that song alone pretty much covered everything Phil does with his voice outside of like the singing that he does in down, you know? And so that was, that was really cool to hear. And it, it, his voice just goes to all kinds of crazy spots in this that you, even besides the death metal stuff that you might not have heard before. Yeah. And it's, it's like, how does he, how does he do this? You know, how does he do that without blowing his voice out? You know, I don't yeah, know. I, yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, he must drink a lot of honey. I don't know. <laughs> well, I've said before, he did... People <laughs> revere Phil as like, you know, an icon now of of heavy metal vocals. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think he's ever got the true... Um, what's the right word? Respect or whatever. acclaim for how good he actually is as a vocalist. Yes. You know, oh, yeah, you definitely. think of just like pantera songs people always bring up the obvious ones the big ones but just think of the early stuff and then the later down stuff like how great his voice is when he's singing and then he turns around and growls and then he turns around and screams where it sounds like you know satan's like erupting out of his soul you know (laughs) yeah
1: yeah um you know and even on stuff like cemetery gates where he could do those rob halfordy type kind of things yeah which i don't know that he can do anymore but, I mean, yeah, like, some of those down records, I mean, he's just, uh it's just soulful as fuck, man.
0: Yeah. The last song on the album, when that thing hits, that's kind of a little bit different than everything that came before it. Yeah. And it kind of, at that point, you're thinking, well, this is just keeps going, and all of a sudden you get a little more diversity. And then towards the end of that, when it breaks down, and it's got that real kind of just the last minute or two, might be a precursor to what... You know, Stephen Taylor talked about when he was on the podcast with that, you know, what do you call it, the laid-back kind of ambient yeah. Yeah. project that I Phil's doing, that. Yeah. that he's a part of, and I think Jimmy is a part of as well. So, maybe that's a precursor into that. We'll, we sh- We should we be hearing it next year or two. I hope so. I think they were recording it last year. Switching gears, Complete 180. <laughs> Frank Hannon has a new album. Yes, he does. It's also coming out this Friday. I didn't mention that earlier. The Phil album comes out this Friday. So check that out if you love The Heavy. And then if you just love good classic rock and roll, laid back, southern, kind of a cross between Americana and classic and everything else. Yeah. Frank Hannon's bringing that with his new album, which is From One Place to Another, Volume 1. And this is a full 10-track album. Big thing here is he's putting out two more of these this year as well. So three albums worth of music in 2018 from Frank Hannon. So just jumping right into that, that's that's impressive in itself. Yes. Because a lot of these guys, especially when they have a, a main project like he does with Tesla, that occupies most of your time. So for him to be doing this is really cool. It shows like Frank Cannon's one of those guys where, you know, for instance, a couple of weeks ago he was on the Moody Blues cruise. Yes. And then he turns around and he's on the Monsters of Rock cruise. Yes. How many other artists could you could do that? I know. He could probably go on seventy thousand tons of metal and people would be cool with it.
1: Yeah, well, definitely. you know, because Tesla not better be.
0: Tesla's one of those bands that even people that like yeah, heavy the, stuff, the, the metalheads yeah. liked. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, they were. Um, You know, well, it's just like his song, he's got a song, Heavy Metal Hippie. Right. That's him, I mean, to a fucking T.
0: Yeah. Really is. Yeah, and this one is more, you know, and another cool thing about his soul albums is they've always, each one's been different from the next. Yeah. Kind of has a different style going on. This one, of course, is all covers, and they range from, you know, southern rock to actually like country rock, and then... Go way old school like Three Dog Night. Yeah, you've got Queen, you got
1: Ricky Nelson, you got all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, Skinnard. Yes, the thing opens up with Almond Brothers Blue Sky, which was the first single. Yeah, and it kicks off with a banjo, so you kind of know where you, what you're getting <laughs> here. His, you know, his voice is every time you hear him. Every new album, it expands a little more because mm-hmm. you know Frank Hannon's a master of the guitar. Yes, and. I'm sure he's probably been singing his whole life, but he, you know, as far as we know, we've only been hearing it the last probably 10 years outside of backing vocals. Jumping right in, Blue Sky has Dickie Betts on it, of course, who is his father-in-law. That's the kind of song that I think he excels in. It reminds me of like his Gypsy Highway type stuff.
1: Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely right up his alley for sure.
0: The third track was Under the Milky Way.
1: Yeah, that was one we need to talk about.
0: Yeah, when I saw that on the track list, I was kind of, I don't know if I was shocked, but I just thought, well, that's kind of odd. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like a song that fits in with the other ones. It doesn't seem like something that would translate into what he does. Yeah. But he sings, you know, a little bit deeper to fit the song. It gives him another avenue for his voice, and the song was pulled off really well, I thought. What was next? You're My Best Friend? Queen. Yeah. Yeah, I love the, the rendition of that. You know, it was more laid back than the original, which is already a laid back song.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, and that's one thing, like, I enjoyed about this album was he picked classics to cover, but not the usual classics. Yeah. You know, that was what I thought was really cool. I really appreciated, you know, because when do you hear somebody covering, you know, Under the Milky Way Tonight or something? So that was really cool.
0: And garden party—that's oh, Ricky Nelson, right? Yep, yep. See, I didn't, you know, just I, I, by title alone, I'm like, I don't think I know that song. And then once I heard it, yeah. I'm like, okay, I yeah, know that.
1: everyone knows that song, and it's a great song. And I, I really liked his version
0: of it. I really, I really dug it. I, yeah, it probably stood out to me that one and excuse me, Sunset in Texas. Yeah. Oh man, both jumped out at me, and yeah, I that thought, was cool because these are the two songs I was probably the least familiar with just from how many times I've heard them in my life compared to everything else on the album. So I was really, maybe that's why they jumped out at me as my two favorites. Yeah. Cause it was something a little bit new, but yeah, I mean it's sunset in Texas. Is that the black Area smoke Smokes song? Yes, sir. Okay. So that's why, I, you know, I've listened to them some in my life, but not enough to be able to. Yeah. And,
1: and, and you got uh, Ron Keel on the uh, three dog night song with them. That's right. Which that's cool.
0: Yeah, and the guitarist of, Blackberry Smoke was on that song, right? I think. Gotcha. But yeah, so he's got a lot of guest spots on here, which he's done that in the past on his albums. like Six String Soldiers, which is fantastic if you haven't heard that.
1: Yes, it is.
0: But yeah, so check this thing out. It comes out this Friday, January 26th. It's good stuff. From One Place to Another, Volume 1, and should get 2 and 3 throughout this, this year. So we'll get probably at least twenty more covers from this guy, which is crazy. What what do you think he'll do next? I don't know. I wonder if it's I wonder if each one's gonna, you know, kinda have a theme style of music, like or if they're all gonna keep being this kind of thing or what, you know, but I feel like
1: I, f- I feel like he might do a a couple of heavy ones. Yeah. I have a feeling. I hope so. But if not, I mean this is great too, don't get me wrong.
0: Right. <laughs> all right, let's play some music. This is a band out of Bartlesville, Oklahoma, called Galaxia, and the song is called Kings of the New Age. Galaxia, like I said, out of Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And first off, I want to say, you know, people outside of Oklahoma always <laughs> have this stereotypical idea of what's here yes. when it might come to music or yeah, anything. Yeah, no kidding. You know, you just, people think of country music or whatever. We know there's been rock bands throughout the years that came out of here, but we've touted it throughout our time doing this podcast to how right. much great hard rock and heavy metal is throughout Tulsa and Oklahoma City and the surrounding yeah. areas. But I can't think of – I'm sure there's something out there, but I can't think of that there's a band like this in Oklahoma that I know of.
1: Well, you know, it's – you know, I'm glad you said something like that. And, you know, I always kind of thought that, and I'm just glad you brought it up. Everyone always talks about the Tulsa sound. Yeah, okay, great. Tulsa sound is like a wet noodle on quaaludes. Who cares? Get (laughs) out of here. I'm sorry. It's sleepy as fuck. You know, (laughs) (laughs) come at me. I don't give a fuck. So, so to hear something like this, you know, it's just—it's like I, it's like a punch in the face. It's like, oh, okay, here we go, right? You know, I mean, hooks and it's fucking heavy and the vocals, holy fuck, man.
0: This is like <laughs> melodic as hell, proggy as hell. Yeah, like what is? <laughs> I mean, you, how do you describe this? It's another one of those things where you can't really just pinpoint what yep. this is. And a good thing to point out is they've got a they've got a full album. This is the lead-off track. Yes. on YouTube, and I was kind of skimming through the comments. And one of them was like, "I bet these guys listen to a lot of Devin Townsend." And that's a good thing. Yeah. And I was like, that okay, that kind of sums it up for me. Yeah. Cuz you know, you have got that crazy guitar stuff going on, and you can't describe Devin Townsend to someone very easily. Yeah, no kidding. So yeah, check this out. These guys are from Bartlesville. Look them up on Facebook. It's G-A-L-A-X-I-A. Like I said, they're also on YouTube as well. If all these guys like them, tell them we sent you. Definitely. Well, now we've got some more amazing music to talk about here, and that's because Joe Saturani is back. Guitar Wizardry. Yes. What Happens Next
1: is the album. Uh, he's got Glenn Hughes and Chad Smith along with him. I mean, right on.
0: Yeah, when that news came out sometime mid last year, you got a three piece band that includes yes. Satriani, Chad Smith, and Glenn Hughes. It's like there's not much, there's not another level above that. Yeah, that someone could create yeah, unless it was completely fictitious. You yeah. Know? <laughs> You know we've, you know, obviously Satriani's played with Chad Smith previously in Chickenfoot, chicken foot, yeah. But this it, is just it, straight up it, yeah. Satriani's normal style solo yes, album with yes. his music. But it features two of the best in the world at their instruments as well. Which that's, that's right. another thing to point out is Satriani's always had fantastic musicians with him. Always. So this is no different. These are just two bigger names, I guess, to your and average rock fan.
1: Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members. That's right. If that matters.
0: Is Chili Peppers in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Oh, that's right. They are. Oh, yeah. But e, Satriani e,
1: isn't. E, yeah, I know. Even the kid that was in the band for 10 minutes got in. The yeah. one that died? After Freshante left. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Don't ask me. That's a whole other subject. That's a whole other episode.
0: But, but, back, but uh, Abruzzese, you're having to you say his name, didn't yeah, get in, who, huh?
1: Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? And you know what? Now I'm pissed. Gilby Clark's not in either. Yeah, know, now me. I'm pissed. Let's have a discussion. Just kidding. <laughs> but you know, we'll I, do that in April I, when they do that. Yeah, time. no shit. Uh, you know, and I gotta, t- I gotta tell you what happens next is for me, it's, it's a return to what I, you know, the Joe Satriani that I like. Um, I, you know, his, his it, nothing about Joe Satriani sucks. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes his albums are kind of hit or miss with me. Yeah, you know, some sometimes he'll do one that's kinda out there a little bit and then he'll kinda come back and do more traditional and then another one that's kinda out there and in each album there's always a song or two that grabs you, but you know, this one is just back to you know, guitar, bass drums, you know, just like I said earlier, wizardry, you know. And there's and the cool thing not not only is they're just insane soloing, what you expect, but there's hooks, there's just simple melody lines that grab you, you know, and that's kind of what, you know, puts guys like him and Steve Eric Johnson up there, you know, in the world of instrumental rock is not only are they virtuosos, but they're making stuff that's memorable, you know, like, you know, Righteous or Cherry Blossom. I mean, you're going to remember those melodies, they stick in your head
0: and you don't need vocals. Right. And, and, you know, that's why I love this guy. Yeah, the title track. Oh, yeah. I was walking around. You know, that was one of the songs that was out, I think, before the album. Yeah. And then even after I listened to the album, that's what's stuck in my head. Like, I can remember it right now. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> it's not like a song that's been around for years.
3: It's, and, you know, Head
1: Rush and Super Funky Badass, you can kind of hear what Glenn Hughes is up to. You know, it gives him a little minute to shine on the bass.
0: Yeah, it does on that song. Cabot, is that yeah. you say it or Catbot? Is that what it is? To me,
1: because that's kind of what the song sounds like. You know, if cats were robots. Oh, okay. You know yeah. that 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 would this would be a good song for it.
2: Yeah.
1: Just saying. That's true. That would be some weird pee. <laughs> right.
0: Hashtag weird pee. Hashtag weird. Pee. It's happening. But I love. <clears throat> well, first off, you notice in the first track, straight out the gate energy that like he's This isn't just like the Joe Satriani show which it is you know you really hear the bass you really hear the drums and I'm sure that's always been the case but I haven't really thought about it previous to this because I was really listening because it's fucking Glenn Hughes yeah and I like that you know this is a an album for a guy playing guitar but he brings up those two instruments just as Focuses on him just as much as his own, you know. Definitely,
1: because it's only going to make it better, right?
0: You know, and, and if you've
1: got players like that on the on the record, you got to bring them to the front. You really do.
0: Yeah, and uh, that song, like you said, "Cherry Blossoms." I love this, and several of the slower songs on this, for me, stand out a little more. Yeah. Maybe it's because they're slowed down. It just seems like there's more emotion coming out of the guitar. Yeah, but that one. I can't remember you know it's got his it's got those parts in the middle where it's like do like I feel like I'm watching stranger things or something, <laughs> which
1: is cool that's yeah. good, yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're in the upside down, yeah
0: Satriani took us there that's right, that's right. he probably could <laughs> right yeah, so wouldn't it be cool if he went on tour with these two guys which you know that's not gonna happen no,
1: but they they did show up at one of those g three things the other day.
0: I saw that with yeah. Them.
1: Glenn Hughes. Oh, Chad and
0: Smith was there? Chad Smith was there. Because I saw Glenn Hughes. Oh,
1: yeah. And he sang something. Yeah,
0: I'm sure they
1: did like a Deep Purple song or something. Yeah. You know.
0: Because when you sent me that link or you tagged me in it, I'm like, holy shit, is he on this tour? No. Nah, oh,
1: God, <laughs> no. No, because I think it already came to Dallas or, it, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah. I, don't know.
0: I saw, kind of on the subject, but not really, that Glenn Hughes is doing this. Glenn Hughes performs Deep Purple things. Yep. And he's got, like, a bunch of dates for it, but of course they're all in South America and uh, Europe yeah, now. Well, that's that's where his bread and butter's at. Yeah. And he, he's on the Sweden Rock doing the same thing. Yeah. But, man, that'd be something to see. Yeah, it would. It definitely would. <laughs> but back to the subject, what happens next? Brand new from Saturni Came out last Friday. Pick it up wherever records are sold, which is Amazon.com. <laughs> Get into it. alright let's play another song this is a band out of Tulsa, Oklahoma called Sovereign Dame this track is Ain't Gonna Bring Me Down
3: I don't care about the way they look at me I just care about the way it's gonna be I don't care about trying to fit in. I just care about being who I've been.
0: down from southern dame out of tulsa man we've touted this band a few times when we saw them live
1: yes i'm glad we finally got to play them
0: yeah here you can hear what we've talked about which is how powerful her voice is yes especially towards the end of this song she just gets more intensity in it
1: yeah yeah i like there's a point where there's a point excuse me where it kind of goes down and then it comes up to the outro and it's super powerful I dig that.
0: Yeah, it's real, just like most of their music, piano-driven, but this full band is excellent. You see them live, it's like, it drips with emotion and soul, but it's just pure power. Like, yes. not just it's got blues to it, but it's also just got the band just really powerful. And they are playing a lot of fest.
1: Yes, you gotta get down there and see them.
0: Yeah, it's at the Shrine, February 9th and 10th. They're another one of the many excellent bands that are playing. Can't wait to see them again. You should be out there too. Shrine, celebrating the life of John Halata. There's going to be tons of other great bands. Scream Red Mutiny, for one, which was John's band that he was a a founder of. Then we've got Machine in the Mountain, 13 Minutes, Reliance Code, Nameless Society. The list goes on and on. We'll be talking more about that here next week, so... Be on the lookout for that. But in the meantime, Black Label Society. Grimmest hits. Yes. Brand new album came out last Friday. What do you think? I got a lot to say here. Really? Hmm. First thing is that I had low expectations here. I'm just going to admit it. Okay. That sounds weird because anyone that knows me knows that Zach Wilde is. High on my list of my all-time favorite musicians. Yes. And I'm not saying that. Like one of those people who says, I love Zach Wilde. My favorite My favorite song is Stillborn and In This River. You know, <laughs> fuck those people. You know, you don't listen to this music. You don't know what the fuck it is. Or you think, you know, oh, let's go see Ozzy because you know four songs. I'm talking like Zach Wilde is one of my favorite musicians. Book of Shadows is in my top five oh, albums of all time. It's one of the
1: best albums ever.
0: But the thing with Black Love Society is half the time I'm like, eh, that's a you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. like I doesn't, I, I've i never disliked an album, but there's a few of those albums that just don't do anything for me it anymore. It gets a little samey. Yeah.
1: You know, if I can use a, a redneck term.
0: <laughs> and I think the thing to point out here is that he took some time away. Yeah. From Black Love Society. He still did some tours, but mm-hmm. they didn't put out new music for a little bit longer because there for a while it was like like clockwork yeah if it uh-huh. wasn't every year it was like every year and a half you'd get a new black love society album yeah and it it wouldn't it wouldn't be all killer no filler
1: yeah well I you know I remember telling you back then I, I think for me it was around the time of like shot the hill or mafia where he was pumping out shit every year And there was like forty eight songs on one record, and they were all like two minutes long. It's like he's just fucking making riffs up and putting drums to him real quick. He, you know, and it's just rapid fire year after year. It's like you need to fucking stop, take some time off, or what the fuck ever. And you know, he he has done that with BLS in the last the last few records have been. There's been some gaps in between them. Yeah, and I think that's a smart thing. It, It it makes us want. This band more and, you know, it, it, It you know, makes for a little bit better quality of music, I think.
0: Yeah. And I think with him doing different stuff, it yes. kind of brings, because yeah. he spent that whole, you know, he put out Book of Shadows too. went on a full tour doing that. Yeah. He did that uh, Generation Axe tour. Yes, and then he, of course, he did. Experience he does the Hendrix, Hendrix thing and every Zach year. Sabbath and yeah, and then spent a lot of time between all those doing several Zach Sabbath things and yeah. festivals and tours and opening for Clutch and all that stuff. Yeah, and then he comes back to this, and the main thing that jumps out at me is that this sounds more like Sabbath than anything he's ever done. Really. And it is it because he spent so much time doing Zach Sabbath? I don't. I don't know. But it's, I'm not talking I didn't really about get that vibe. I'm not talking about as a whole. But mm-hmm. many of the riffs, I feel like I'm listening to Tony Iommi play Super knot yeah. It's got that sound <laughs> yeah. that just keeps showing up to me throughout this album, and I don't dislike it because there's way more uh, groove and swing to this than there normally is. Yeah. Those first few albums, songs would there would be like songs that would jump out at me as like holy shit, yeah. this is like one of my favorite Black Lovers Society songs ever. In the last few albums, I would like the music, but there wouldn't be a song like that. Yeah. And this album, I hear songs and I'm like, there's just something about this that it just seems to have more substance. Yeah, yeah. As a whole, and I'm always going to lean towards uh, his slow stuff. I've said that countless times. Yeah. His ballads, well, he's he's a master of that. And with a lot of the heavier stuff, like you said, it got kind of the same old thing. Yeah. And the ballads, you always knew that it just seems like more effort and more, the songwriting was just at another level. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. there's at least a couple songs on here, like the last one, that sound like they could have easily been on Book of Shadows, whereas before his slower stuff of Black Love of Society didn't really fit that, because it yeah. was still had the electric guitar, and he was still kind of singing with the screamy thing going on yeah and this one he's singing like he did with book of shadows where it's just like it sounds real and it sounds true it doesn't sound like he's just trying to fucking whatever he does you know (laughs) well you know i
1: kind of agree I, i kind of like for me i like when he does you know kind of the not the ballads but the slower stuff or the kind of the different stuff yeah the groovier stuff you know, uh, uh, before I get into this, a classic example would be We Live No More, you know, um, or The Blessed Hell Ride, you know. Right. Which is still heavy and shreddy, but it's not, you know, the machine gun fast stuff. And on this record, you know, one of my favorite songs is A Season's a Falter.
0: Oh, that's my favorite song as well. I mean, yeah, because
1: yeah. it's just, it's got everything you want, but its it's kind of you know, it's just kind of got a groove and it's just kind of maybe, maybe root. it's rooted in like kind of a classic rock, maybe a more melodic thing. Um, You know, and disbelief was another song that really jumped out at me. I really enjoyed that song. And, and, and this, this is people. This is what I'm talking about. There's more, there's more quality going on here, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, from, from where I stand. Yeah. And there's, even the solos, you know, it's like he's never had a bad solo, but it, yeah. it's kind of like the, like we talked about with the riffs. It's mm. like, it's cool with Zach Wild, but it doesn't, like, stick with me. Yeah. But this one, just like the rest of the songs, the solos just seem to have something more to them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like he was, he breathed new life into this thing or something. Yeah, but, definitely. And then that, one of the slower tracks, the only words, the solo on that... It's probably my favorite one, and that's the one that's like the most laid back, you know. Mm -hmm. And it because it just really jumped out of me as having way more emotion to it. Yeah, I guess would be a good way to put it. But so overall, I like I said, I came into this with like not big expectations, and it just kind of floored me at how much how happy I was with it overall. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I I I gotta
1: agree with you somewhat. Um, sorry for my metal up your podcast, like, ice, drink, vodka <laughs> stuff. Sorry. Um
2: Ethan, if you're listening. Uh, Clinton, Clint or- Ethan,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> if they're listening, this is a tribute to them. Okay. Um But, I, you know, I agree. uh I put this record on like, you know, the, okay, this it's Zach. It's not going to suck. You know, because you never know. But I was, I too was... You know, yeah, okay. I agree with you. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was, uh, it was a good listen. It really was. You know, I, I really hope, I hope that play seasons
0: of falter are live. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I need to look up because I haven't looked up the set list. Right? I know they were coming. I, I, how did we not? We usually do that. And well, we I never would've... did. And, and it got canceled. I don't. I would have done it like the day because yeah. that's my that's always been my biggest yeah, complaint throughout yeah. the years with Zach is that you know, every tour he might change a little bit, but it's even the set list mm-hmm. are pretty when it comes to black label at least, were pretty to quote you samey. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it there's good stuff in there. You know, it's cool to hear fire it up. I love yes. that song. But at the same time it's like there's old songs that never get played, like All for You or something oh, yeah. that are just amazing and you know, the stuff from the first two albums that would just be oh, I know unheard of. I mean, I know he played in the beginning. of last you know for a while there, several years ago. But you dude, know, I I would love you know, like when he did the unblackened. To me, that was like perfect. But of yeah. course, that's because it was a lot more based in the the slower yeah, stuff, true. obviously. But
1: dude, th- think about he's had BLS for twenty years now. That is crazy. is isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah. Just fucking crazy, man.
0: I remember buying the first album the yeah. day it came out at, yep. at Hastings.
1: Fuck, man. Media play. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: With the amazing production of Bored Tears.
1: Oh, <laughs> God. That was...
0: Crank you, that thing up on your stereo, your speaker's like... Yeah.
1: You, you know, you want to think Death Magnetic is clippy. <laughs> Put in fucking the first, the first two BLS records. You'll have to go to the store and get yourself a new set of speakers. <laughs> and your eardrums will probably fucking explode.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm like I said, I'm pleasantly surprised and happy, and I hope here at the end of the year I'll be talking about this. Hopefully it doesn't get yeah. lost to me by the time we do our year end thing for yeah, 2018, but I, you know, these are
1: really some records we got to remember. Yeah, and I think
0: we will just cuz of who it is since it's Black Label and COC and all these yeah. bands that are coming out with albums now that are that are good. Another band that has a good album out is Avatar, and we're going to talk about that next yes. time. Jason Carroll with with probably Machine Head,
1: and uh, yeah,
0: yeah, because Machine Head will be out at that point. Yes, it will be. Yeah, four tracks of that have already been
1: I know released we, by we talked about by by Rob Yeah, yeah, now. yeah.
0: So go listen to those. A new one called Kaleidoscope just came out this past week, but this Friday, along with the Philip H and Selma and the Legals. And Frank Cannon, you're also getting New Machine Head. We didn't get an advanced yep. copy of that, so we can't nope. talk about that one yet.
1: Uh, and also, the one i bitched about forever, Jared James Nichols, is finally coming out.
0: Is
2: it really? What's yeah. the date on that? Friday. Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: finally, in you know all the okay. outlets nationwide. So this you know. Friday,
0: or this weekend, I'm going to crank this thing finally and listen to it. Yes, because it
1: was fucking
0: badass. I saw he was on... Wasn't he on one of these big festivals in Europe, like the Rock Festival? Oh, something? I'm
1: sure he is. Yeah, he he's kind of getting a better following over there, you know. Than but he's here. from here, right? Yeah, big oh. shocker. You know, wow, they 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 like good rock over there, and we don't. Wow, I'm not surprised he can he, go on
0: tour in yeah. Europe with Blackstone Cherry. I know,
1: I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> so. You know, before we wrap up, I had a I had a question I wanted to ask you. You know, and and to all the 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 kiss freaks out there, I'm sure <laughs> CJ from Grind would be one to ask. This whole Vinnie Vincent fucking hoopla going on. Okay, he's he he he's back. He came to the Kiss Atlanta Expo and you know, everyone went shit nuts, it was like the second coming of Jesus Christ, and my thing, my thing was, is it really that big of a deal, was was he a thing, like with Kiss, I just thought he kind of, I mean, I know he wrote some, he wrote a couple memorable songs, but, you know, I mean, he wasn't really there that long, and I just, to me, he's not, you know, to me, it's like from Ace to Bruce, you know. I mean, I, I didn't really, you know, yeah, he had Lick It Up, but I mean, is there really a reason that everyone needs to go shit nuts about him?
0: The guy wrote Unholy and I Just Want It. What do you Well, thinking? yeah,
1: that was after he was out of the fucking band. I know. And I mean, that's a whole other,
0: I mean. I can't really spank on Dad. I just know that. If he had never went away, it wouldn't be a big deal. So he benefited from, I guess, being out of the limelight for 20 plus years or whatever it's been since he did an interview or a public appearance or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sure if you're a diehard, that makes it even more. That's why it's a big deal. And I know a lot of people love the Vinnie Vincent invasion stuff. And I, one of those interviews I read with from him, he made it sound like he's considered doing that again. I don't know because that. Robert, what's his name, Fleshman or whatever that was on, the, the singer in the first one? Yeah. Did you see that? He got up on stage and sang one of the songs with him. No, I did Back on the streets. The, so, what, did he perform? Yeah, well, he was just like playing, he was just sitting on a stool playing a guitar. Oh, uh, okay. And then when he started playing that, he got up there and started singing it with him. Oh, okay. Wow. And then, I guess in another interview, he said, Mark Slaughter is a piece of shit. <laughs> Are you serious? Like in two different places. Like he, he just referred to him as the other guy I wish we'd never made that album. I wish Robert had done it. And then I saw a story today where he said Mark Slaughter's a horrible singer and a horrible person or something.
1: Okay, well um I I'm I'm officially not a Vinnie Vincent fan like as if I was before. But no, no. Vinnie Vincent can take his dog carcasses and go kick rocks. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm pissed now
0: question for you okay do you think that line will ever be repeated again on this podcast take your dog carcasses and kick rocks
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm gonna repeat it right now Vinny vincent can take his dog carcasses and kick rocks right because that's not cool and mark slaughter fucking rules
0: (laughs) so yeah i got something on the side here to bring up okay all right let's go just bringing this one out of left field for you but I was going to mention that Scattered Hamlet this past week mm-hmm. recorded a cover song. They okay. haven't announced or released yet what the song was. And they went out to California to record this thing, and it's going to be like a tribute track to Jake. Okay. Their drummer, who, as we mentioned before, is still in a coma. You know, I don't know a lot more details than that, but they've said that he's improved a lot over the past few months. Mm -hmm. So we're hoping that he's going to make a full recovery. Yeah. In the meantime, the drummer from Diamond Lane stepped in to do this tribute track with him. And, you know, so hopefully here in the next few weeks we hear that. Yeah. And hopefully have them on here soon as well. Definitely. But one of the questions I was going to ask him if we had had him on by this point was what was their predictions for the winners of the Royal Rumble matches at the WWE pay oh, okay. view this weekend. Gotcha. So I got a hold of them and got those predictions. Yes. So I could say it here on the podcast. Okay. And next week we can find out who was right. Okay. So I didn't go like deep into it. We just asked who's going to be the winner of the main Royal Rumble match. They're also having a female Royal Rumble match for the first time. Okay. So I got all their, the three of them predictions. And Adam Jode says he believes that the Miz will win the Men's Royal Rumble, and he doesn't give a shit who wins the female, because women's sports (laughs) don't matter.
2: Uh, That's what he said, not what (laughs) you said. I'm kind
0: of paraphrasing him there, (laughs) but he had stories about his days in college where he ran his mouth and ended up having to run track or hit baseballs off of female pitchers or whatever to... You know, yeah. show that he was right or whatever, but anyway, Rich, the bass player, he picked Roman Reigns to win, and Oscar to win the female one, and then Adam Newell, guitarist extraordinaire, picked Elias to win the men's rumble, and Becky Lynch to win the female rumble. Okay. And myself, I'm picking Charlotte to win the female rumble, and Daniel Bryan to win the male rumble. Okay. Well, now... That would be completely out of view because Daniel Bryan is not, hasn't wrestled in years. Yeah,
1: so is is going to be the shocker? Is this uh, is he the one that had to stop because of the his concussion? Yeah. Well, he's coming back.
0: <clears throat> no, it's not confirmed. He's here's, not to get too deep in this, but he's been cleared by several different doctors. Interesting. But the WWE's doctors won't clear him. Yeah. Okay. So. There's been rumors for the last couple of years that he was going to leave the company because he's just a TV guy now yes, where yeah. he's like a general manager. Yeah. There's been rumors forever he was going to leave and go elsewhere so he could actually wrestle. Interesting. But he would have to want to wrestle super bad to leave yeah. a huge paying job yeah, to go no wrestle shit. for a lesser company. In no kidding.
1: World. No kidding.
0: So it, w- when is this? On Sunday? Yeah, this Sunday night. So right. by the next time we do this, we'll know. If any of us were right,
1: is the on the women's one? Is that one that I like? Is she in there? The one you know like. was her damn name? I can't remember. I'm not into this stuff like you. I know. But you the remember few you times can... I watched, I liked it. She was the one that was super happy all the time, but she's really good looking. I can't remember her name. Uh, <sighs> Wore bright sure colors and shit.
0: I'm sure she's in it. Bright colors. And
1: t- I don't know. <laughs> on that note. W- <laughs> Th- this is over. I fucked this episode up. No, it's all good.
0: <laughs> what we want You, you, to you do... made
1: fun of me for liking her. I know that much. Oh, it was Bailey. There you go. That's <laughs> right. See, that's all I had to say, and you remembered.
0: Yeah, because she's not good looking. Jesus Christ. <laughs> can we just can okay. we just
1: keep going here? <sighs>
0: yeah, now this is Thunder Underground Music and Wrestling Podcast. Oh, my
1: God. and I I watch wrestling like once every five years, too.
0: Great. <laughs> hey, all four guys in Scattered Hamlet are huge fans. That's why I did yeah. this little no, segment hey, here. No, hey, definitely. No, I, I'm, I'm Just like I'm myself. Down. I'm down. Yeah. You know? Well, what we want you to do is if you haven't listened to a lot of our previous episodes, there's 156 of them. Quite a few of them are like this where we just talk about new music or whatever's going on. But we've had tons of guests here over the past couple of years. Yes. That have included, like we mentioned, Scattered Hamlet. They've been on here three times. We've had on guys from, hey, you mentioned Bruce Kulik earlier. From he T- was on here. Yeah, and of course, the man Gene Simmons himself yes. was on here as well. Both those guys were in KISS. From KISS. Then we also had guys from Seven Dust, Warrant, Europe, Shine Down, Saving Abel. Shooter Jennings was on here. Eddie Trunk was on here. We just had on David Elfson last week. Megadeth. Besides him from Megadeth, Chris Broderick, who was in Megadeth for quite a while, was on here as well. COC. Yeah, Reed Mullen.
1: Yeah, we've had uh, guys from Superjoint, uh, Down, um, Crowbar, uh, Wino from The Obsessed, you know.
0: King. King, with a Y. Speaking of that kind of music, get a little bit more doomy, though.
1: Oh, shit. Sleep. What the fuck, It's coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma. We're going to that one.
0: Yeah, I knew they announced... You know, they did some dates last year. Our buddy Trevor drove down there yes. to see him in Dallas. And then they were announced for this Muddy Roots Festival yeah. that we're kind of talking about going to that's in Tennessee in late August. They're headlining a night and High on Fire's headlining a night. Yeah. So... He's pulling double duty there at that Definitely. festival, but sleep, I guess, is just doing a tour here this spring and actually hitting up the Canes Barn in April. So that's, that's not something I ever thought I'd say. Yeah, I know.
1: We'll, we'll see y'all there.
0: Yeah. So look, late April for Matt Pike on the Thunder Underground podcast. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Please I don't... hope. Yeah. Thunderunderground.com, dthunderunderground.com. We're also on... You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Music, well Stitcher, TuneIn, Mixcloud, and then SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Underground. Find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Patreon. There you go. Do it. Get on there backslash Thunder Underground. Just search Thunder Underground. Any help is met with oodles of love.
1: That's right. That's right. Two, $2 a month will get you Licked to death by my dog <laughs> That's one of the perks
0: Yeah, slobber galore
1: and, and there's a lot of that
0: Yeah, we appreciate you listening And until next time
1: Thunder
2: Underground y'all